It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Always wonderful to open up God's Word with all of our listeners to the program and try to glean from those rich teachings and truths and encouragements, the promises, the guidelines, and yes, the rebukes and corrections, and in some cases, condemnations. Because all of those are there, even those that we might look at and think are negative, uh, they're there for our good. They're there for our learning. And they're really there to guide us away from danger in our spiritual lives and guide us into the security of living our lives in Jesus Christ. And so all of that's there for our health, spiritually, and well-being. And uh, we need to know all of what God's Word teaches. Good to be with you today, and it's always uh, a blessing to be able to study so openly and on such a widespread basis through radio with so many people on such a repeated basis. Good to be here today to continue our study with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's always good for me as well to be a part of the study and know that our listening audience is joining us and studying, especially those of you who return every day and listen. We are even more encouraged by those of you who have a chance to visit with us and who put that in your schedule and that you do come and uh, be with us in person. We are always encouraged any way that you study God's word and we will strive to make sure that when you tune in or when you visit with us that you are in fact studying God's word. That is our goal and we always welcome you. It's also great to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I am certainly blessed to be with you both on the program today, as always, and would like to add my word of welcome to all those listening to us. We're certainly pleased to have you tuned in to Search the Scriptures. And as you said so well, Duane, that's one of the main purposes of this program is to make sure we're putting forth God's word as the authority for all things that we do in our spiritual lives. And we do want to make that our primary focus, and we do hope that our listeners are really coming to that realization. When you tune in to search the scriptures, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. And we hope that you follow along with us in your Bible at home. So if you haven't as yet, go ahead and get that in front of you and be ready to open up. We're going to be using it in a rather extensive fashion. Yes, and we do try to design this program to sort of make people feel like we're all sitting around the kitchen table together mm. with open Bibles. Yeah. Try to be informal with it. Yes, yes. Now, fellas, we have looked at the first two sections of this study on three lines of sight spiritually, and that is upward, inward, and outward. Now, we've made the point repeatedly as we've gone through these, these programs that a whole lot of people out there today, they're looking for something. I'm not sure they're always thinking about, they're always realizing just exactly what they're looking for. But we've been sold this bill of goods that, you know, so many people are not happy and mm -hmm. you need to find happiness. But a lot of people don't know what happiness really is. Yeah, I think you're right, Gary. And uh, it seems like in one of our previous programs on this particular stu uh, study, this particular series, we made the point that for some, it's gone to the, to the extent that if happiness came up and hit them in the face, they wouldn't recognize it. Yes, yes. Because they, 
again, you got to be happy. And it, it's more of an emotional kind of thing, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, and it, this, there's got to be this feeling there. Well, happiness has a great deal to do with contentment. Mm. Realizing, you know, that, hey, I know what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm headed. I know what my life is about. Mm-hmm. It's not this emotional high or this emotional feeling. Now, there'll be some emotions attached to that, but it's more of a, a steady, calm contentment mm-hmm. than it is this spiking emotional high. And people are looking for whatever that is that they think they're missing in their lives in the wrong places. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25, how does that read again, Dwayne? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now those talking about Moses as he grew up in the household of Pharaoh, and certainly he would have had to, at his disposal, uh, tremendous wealth and opportunity. Yes. And yet he chose to follow God rather than to, con- to, to take part in the, how does it put there? Passing pleasures of sin. Passing pleasures of sin. The idea is they were fleeting or temporary. Right. And that's, that's the way it is when we look to sinful endeavors for happiness they're going to be fleeting. Right. They're not lasting. They're not profound. They're not ongoing. They're surface level, superficial. I like your thoughts about being content with what we have. I suppose Moses, and I know this, this happens for a lot of people that I talk to, they come to this place where they figure this is the best situation or this is the best thing that can happen to me and they define happiness that way. That is, there's nothing better than this place that I am in right now, although I might feel better in a certain situation, the lasting benefits of this place is the best I I can know, and I'm gonna stay here so that I can enjoy that continually. Yes, and there's that contentment. Yes. Now, some people, Dennis, look toward money, and the things money can buy. Indeed. Materialism, we mm-hmm. say. Yes. Uh, some people, you know, we might even say greed and covetousness. Mm-hmm. But they just think, oh, if I could have more money. Mm-hmm. If I could have as much money as that guy's got, mm-hmm. you know. If I could have that car. If I could have a house like that. Mm-hmm. If I could, you know, move in the circles socially that go with having wealth. Well, I'd be so happy. You know, the funny thing about that is, Gary, if they would attain that, there's always another level that they'll want after they have that attainment. Because, again, that, if that's where you really find your happiness, it's superficial. It doesn't right. stop. That's right. That's right. Temporary, fleeting, mm-hmm. passing. In, what does Jesus say about trying to center your life in such things? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your 
life is really focused primarily, if it is driven in the accumulation of and possession of ever more money and things that money can buy, mm -hmm. then that's where, that's, that's where your heart's going to be. Right. It really will. And it's, it's so sad, Gary, when you see people putting all of their efforts, all of their energy, everything they have into gaining that. Because, you know, as we've said before, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. That's right. <laughs> You're not going to take it with you. Whereas if we follow the advice of Jesus and we store our treasures in heaven, those things are everlasting. You know, Jesus asked the question, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would take in exchange for your soul? Is there anything that would be valuable enough to trade your soul for? If there is, we're certainly not thinking in the right direction. That's right. right. And that's, that's, that's his point here. Mm -hmm. You better be careful what your driving force is in life, your overriding governing power because and, and focus because that's going to be your life. Mm -hmm. And he said it's not in material materialism. I think one of the things we're trying to accomplish in this program, and I, I just had this thought, um, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is to make sure that people don't regret what they've traded their souls for. Yes. That is when they die and, and they're, on the, they're out of the time side of life and cannot do anything about the place that they, their soul is, and I'm talking about in Hades or in torment, we don't want anyone regretting that I, I wish I would have done something else. I wish I would have listened to the word of God. I, I wish I would have served him. Now is the time for us to get the right things for our soul. And make the changes that we might need to make. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right, Dwayne. That's a great point. You know, if, if we're not in a place where we want to be spiritually right now, as long as there's breath in us, we can make a change. Now, Dwayne, what did Jesus say in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15? Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, that ought to really tell us. Yes. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. We are not defined by what we have. <laughs> That's right. Not defined by what we have. Now... So we have, we've made the point in this, in this series of studies that ultimate happiness and fulfillment and the deepest meaning for one's life, the most profound promising direction in life is found through a three-step process or if you would, through three lines of sight. We've looked at the first two of those lines of sight. That is to look upward we need to come to realize that God is God. We need to recognize the awesomeness of God. He is a God who is the creator, your creator, Genesis 1 and verse 1. And he is omnipotent, Revelation 19 and verse 6. He is totally, absolutely holy, Psalm 111 and verse 9. And he is totally righteous as well, Psalm 11 and verse 7. He is a God of grace, 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. He is a God of mercy, Psalm 59 and 10. And he is a God of incredible love, having demonstrated that love 
so abundantly and so beyond the pale, if you would, by sending his son to the cross to die on your behalf. Romans 5 and verse 8. To die for you while you were still a sinner. To die for you while you were ungodly. To die for you when you were still an enemy of God because of your sin. God's incredible love. Now that's looking upward. And when we recognize God as God, then in our last section of study, we noted that at that point we need to look inward. And we need to say, okay, now what do I do about that? God is God. He is my creator. What do I do? What's my response? And that's where faith can, de- can begin to develop within you that will change your life for the better. When you've looked upward, then you need to look inward and develop a meaningful relationship with God through obedient, dedicated, active faith. Not only did God create you, but God created you in his own image. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. How does that read, Dennis? Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. So he made us absolutely unique from everything else that he made. Absolutely. Nothing else did God create in his own image. Nope, not at all. He created us beings with a spiritual essence and identity, Mm -hmm. with a soul. Yes. A soul that is eternal in nature. Mm -hmm. It goes on. It does not end when this life physically comes to an end. And because of how he created us in his image, after his likeness, we understand the very concept of morality, of righteousness, of goodness. And we also understand the counterparts to those, Mm -hmm. and that is unrighteousness and wickedness and evil. Mm -hmm. We understand what it means to be faithful and what it means to be unfaithful because God created us with that inherent ability by creating us in his image. Now, sin entered the picture though, didn't it? It did. And uh, sin separated us, became a wedge between us and God. What does Isaiah 59 and verse two say, Dwayne? But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you. So sin was the real problem for mankind. Yes. Now we talk about all of the, the tragedies that man faces. We talk about all of the difficulties, all of the maladies. I think it would be fair to say that most of those situations, at least to a great extent, are the result of man's sin problem. They certainly are. Now some people might say, well, how does, how does man sin bring about flood and famine and destruction and things like that, natural disasters. I think the world changed when man entered into sin. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Bible seems to indicate that the world is under a curse and uh, it came as man sinned. You see, sin changed everything. It did. 
cataclysmically. Now, we need to come back into that right relationship with God. And again, remembering that God is a God of love, he has made that way for us to do exactly that through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. In Romans chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, how does that read, Dennis? For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Now that word reconcile or reconciliation, mm -hmm. what does that mean again? Well, it speaks about being brought back into a relationship with someone, uh, specifically here, mankind, through the sacrifice of Jesus, is being brought back into a proper relationship with God. Amen. A relationship that was ruined because of sin, mm -hmm. beginning in the garden, Absolutely. and then because of sin, that became you know, a part of man's consciousness forever thereafter. And That's so, right. as Duane read earlier, sin separates us from God. Absolutely. But God sent Christ so that we could be reconciled with God, brought mm -hmm. back into that right relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that is going to entail our meeting some conditions. It's going to be totally by God's grace, but he expects us to do some things. And we can kind of uh, sum that up in, in one understanding, and that is we've got to obey God. Right. We have to. Now, obviously, that entails, okay, why would I obey God if I didn't believe in him? So we've got to have faith. Mm -hmm. Got to have faith in Christ. But we've got to turn away from sin. That's repentance. Mm -hmm. Acts 3 and verse 19. And we've got to turn to God. Mm -hmm. Now, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, what do we read there, Dwayne? And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus has become the author or source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. So our obedience, again, we've got to turn back to God in obedience. When he told the man and the woman in the garden long ago, do not touch this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat its fruit, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Mm -hmm. They disobeyed him. Yes, they did. And entered into sin. And the, the consequences of sin is death, as he told them there. And mm -hmm. Paul also tells us in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. So we had to get out of that death sentence. Right. And that's where Jesus Christ came in. Mm -hmm. God sent him from heaven to be our Savior, to die on the cross on our behalf, so that we could be forgiven of the guilt of our sins if we will turn to him as our Lord and Savior and God's Son. Now, obedience is key. He is the author or source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Obedience is one of those things that we must do in response to God's offer of grace. Once you've looked upward and recognized God as God, and then you've looked inward, and you've developed that right relationship with him, and you've repented of your sins, you've turned away from sin, you've turned back to God through Christ, 
You've been baptized into him for the remission of your sins, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and Acts 22 and verse 16, then you need to look outward. As you were baptized into Christ, you became a Christian. You entered into a saved relationship with God through your Savior. And now you need to live a different life. You need to look outward. You need to not just wear a name Christian. You need to not just kind of put on your resume, yep, I believed in Jesus, I believed in God, I was baptized for the remission of my sins, and so I've got the credentials. No, you're at the starting gate now. Mm-hmm. Now you need to live the life. Now you need to look outward and you need to let that new relationship that you have with God shine forth as you live your Christian life before the world day in and day out. Your faith must become your life. And there's no way to do it right if you do otherwise. You've got to change your life. You've got to live outward. You've got to be that Christian. You've got to live the example of Christianity. As Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, you've got to be the salt of the earth. You've got to be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. You've got to be like a city set on a hill. Your light cannot be extinguished. Your light cannot be covered up and be right. You've got to live that, that outward Christian life because the world needs to see Christ in you. Now, we'd love to send you that free Bible study so that you can study about these matters right from God's Word. It is absolutely free. We'd be glad to send you a copy of today's program as well on CD. It is absolutely free. We always take care of the postage. All you have to do is contact us and ask for any of these materials. We're waiting to hear from you today.